Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Live is the nothing personal word of the day. There is no better way to start the month of June than with a trip to live. Live is a nightclub in Miami out of the Fountain Blue Hotel. Yes, you can have a lot of fun at live. So you go there and there's a bunch of people around and there's velvet ropes, which is always good. It's impossible to get in, which is good. And then if you go in, there can be a private roped off area where apparently no one knows who you are and you can just dance the night away. You can party the night away and then you... Lights go on and all of a sudden you're in the fountain blue and you're looking for your driver, looking for an Uber, and you realize you have no pants on. No, what? That didn't really happen. Or did it? Live is the personal, nothing personal, it's pretty personal, word of the day, because there's a new golf tour, tournament, set of matches. It's called Live. We've talked about it on the show it's pretty good. So as you remember the background, this is the Greg Norman. Remember him, the golfer, good day mate, the Australian guy who was married to Chrissy Everett and then wasn't and then decided that he was going to get hired when Jack Nicholas was offered $100 million and turned it down to become the face of, the commissioner of this new tour that's basically invented to compete with the PGA Tour. All of that sounds great for those who love competition. You want that. And then you realize that the entire tour is backed by Saudi Arabian money. And you say to yourself, well, that's not good. Look what Saudi Arabia does. Look what they do to women. Look what they do to journalists. And then you turn on Netflix and watch Drive to Survive and you say, yeah, but those races are awesome. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in Saudi Arabia going around the track like rats in a maze. So we all choose our different lines, right? Our lines of demarcation. Do you ever think about the inconsistencies of your position? That you're happy to take a stand against something as long as it doesn't have a deleterious impact to your wallet or your enjoyment or your pleasure principle? Listen. You're not accomplishing anything unless you're uncomfortable. Unless your stomach hurts. Unless you are withholding something that you want. Unless you're willing to give up something that you need, crave, desire. Money, power, fame, comfort, water, life. What are you willing to give up? So Greg Norman starts this tour, and he's trying to recruit players to play. Phil Mickelson says, I'm in. I don't care about the women. I don't care about the wine. I don't care about the rape, the pillage. I'm good. All of a sudden, he's got a mental problem. He hasn't played since. Well, Liv 
announced its exclusive list of participants yesterday for their first tournament, their first event, which is in London, June 9th. And guess what? Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law is on the list. Dustin Johnson, the guy married to Paulina Gretzky, the guy with top 13 player in the world, had some personal issues, some demons, got through it. He's won some jackets, done some damage, made some money. When you are rich and famous, it is best not to be around only sycophants. That's right. I paid attention to you, you listener. Coke, I kept saying psychophants. I don't know why. Maybe because of psycho or that's why I've always said it. And somebody got on Twitter, David P. Sampson said, could you do me a favor and just say sycophant? And I said, okay, I'll work it into a show. Boom, it took me one day. So Dustin Johnson is surrounded by people, I guess, who don't tell him what to do because they're too scared of not partying with him or not getting his money. That's the thing when you have people around you and you're rich is you have to be careful of who's around you just for money, who's around you for fame, who's around you for love, who's around you for attention. And if you don't know the difference between all of those, you end up getting completely screwed, full of bad advice, misstep after misstep, and you end up in rehab. In February of 2022, for reasons unbeknownst to me, because March, April, May, three months ago, well, it was June now, let's say it was February 1st, March, April, May, the most it can be is four months ago. Dustin Johnson said, over the past several months, there has been a great deal of speculation about an alternative tour, much of which seems to have included me and my future in professional golf. I feel it is now time to put such speculation to rest. Here it comes. Hold on to your hats, everyone. I am fully committed to the PGA Tour. Not partially committed, not somewhat committed, you could have workshopped that a little bit, right, Dustin, especially with the news that came out that you're actually not fully committed. You may have just said, hey, right now I'm committed. But no, he said, I am fully committed to the PGA Tour. I'm grateful for the opportunity to play on the best tour in the world and for all it has provided me and my family. It's kept my father-in-law in the sauce since the minute it started. Oh, sorry, I added that. While there will always be areas where our tour can improve and evolve, I'm thankful for our leadership and the many sponsors who make the PGA Tour Golf's premier tour. Okay. Mediocre statement at best. Terrible if there's even an inkling that you're going to follow the money. Cut to June 1st, 2022. And all of a sudden, Dustin Johnson doesn't have a statement. All of a sudden, Paulina Wayne Janet, none of them have a statement. David Winkle. Who? <laughs> David Winkle is Dustin Johnson's agent. That's funny, right? When you're embarrassed or you've done something, you know you've got to walk it back. Hey, could you just put your name to that? Just say something good about me. Say this came out of nowhere. Uh, tell me what you're going to say after you say it. I don't even want to be involved. David Winkle said... Dustin has been contemplating the opportunity off and on for the past couple of years. Ultimately, he decided it was in his and his family's best interest to pursue it. 
talking about the Live Tour. Dustin has never had an issue with the PGA Tour and is grateful for all it has given him, but in the end felt this was too compelling to pass up. Triple horse hockey. Here's the statement from David Winkle that should have been released. On behalf of Dustin Johnson, I would like to give my thanks to Greg Norman, the Live Tour, and all of its sponsors, including those great people from Saudi Arabia. Because my man, Dustin Johnson, who does give me 5% of all money earned, he spends a lot of money. He parties four to five days a week. He travels by private jet from tournament to tournament, and you wouldn't believe the houses that he has. That said... I can't begrudge him an opportunity to make a living. And as his agent, I got him an opportunity to guarantee $20 million up front. Who would say no to that? David, you're making up that he's getting $20 million up front. Really, audience? You think Dustin Johnson agreed to play in the Live Tour without a guaranteed appearance fee? You think that he's just going to walk away with, ah, let's see if I can make some moolah. God, I hope I don't three-putt. I hope I get up and in, up and over, in and out. Negative. So the statement should have been, my family and I would very much like to thank Greg Norman and all the people in Saudi Arabia for giving my family this opportunity to make this amount of money. While I respect the PGA Tour, the fact of the matter is that all the sponsors and all the purses don't add up to what I'm going to make playing in these tournaments. Therefore, the decision was purely business. Sorry, PGA, it's nothing personal. That's the statement I would have made. But no, he had to go back on Dustin Johnson's February statement. Had to say that he's been pondering it for the past couple years. And even that wasn't the best statement related to this new tour. Greg Norman had it. Greg Norman suffers from what many of us suffer from with huge egos and platforms and people who've had success in one area and think they can parlay that into a success in another area. And you need a healthy dose of ego, right? You need to have hubris. Greg Norman said, this is an opportunity to start a movement that will change the course of history. I like that, right? Because that's that's definitely when I, when my kids took social studies or their kids take social studies, I think the number one thing that we're going to talk about is free agency and golf. And the moment that Greg Norman said, yes, I'll take the money from those rapists, pillagers, no problem. That's history. This is an opportunity to start a movement that will change the course of history by bringing new and open competition to the sport we all love. The desire shown by the players to participate in live golf. Now, don't misunderstand all the players like ranked number 80 who are participating. Yeah, there's no sex in the champagne room at live, okay? Well, there's not supposed to be. The desire shown by the players to participate in live golf demonstrates their emphatic belief in our model <laughs> and confidence in what we're building for the future. Okay, do you know what their model is? Get tons of millions of dollars up front, pay it to the players so they don't actually give one flying rat's ass whether they win or lose. I love that. Forget winning, just showing up. Isn't that our country? Isn't that our culture? I showed up, give me a trophy. I showed up, give me the money. Well, that's what you're paying for for me to show up. Well, it'd be good if you could win the tournament. Win the tournament, that requires practice, dedication, and not to do any white lines the night before a round. 
We couldn't be happier at the diversity of our field, Greg Norman continued, featuring players from around the world, including major champions. Huh. Can we talk about that line, Greg? Just workshop it one tiny bit? Because did your sponsors approve that line? We couldn't be happier at the diversity. The sponsor of this tournament hates diversity. We were hoping for an entirely white male class of people. But we've got great diversity, which proves, as Phil Mickelson said, that it's not just about murdering and raping women and giving them no rights and taking care of journalists by chopping them up piece by piece. We've got diversity in golf, the most undiverse sport in the history of mankind. We've got it. Greg Norman, when he was saying it, was saying it from the confines of his private banker. He was meeting with his private banker when he made the statement, I can imagine. And they were just going through his savings passbook. Anyone remember those passbooks? How good did it feel as a kid when you had a savings passbook and you could deposit like $25? And then there's a little stamp. Balance, $127. Yes! I'm saving for the future. Greg Norman's passbook has a bunch of zeros on it because he's getting paid and he's not playing. He just had to sell his soul to the devil in the headdress. Live. 16 players they got from the top 100. Is that good? Now, I'll give you a quick dollar if you can tell me where the last tournament is being played on the Live Tour. Just out of curiosity. It's October 27th. Very, very good weekend. That's right around the World Series. Trump National Golf Course in Doral. Is anyone shocked by that? Is anyone paying attention, detour, to the amount of money that the former Treasury Secretary and Trump's son-in-law, a guy named Jared Kushner, any idea how much money those guys have gotten from Saudi Arabia? The number of trips they took, which were supposed to be on your dime on state business in order to make sure they were set up with their private venture capital funds once they were out of politics. Any idea the amount of money, partnership? Yeah, there's no relationship. It is such a coincidence. You wouldn't even believe it. In business, there's coincidences that happen all the time, actually. And uh, this one is just an absolute coincidence that the last tournament would be in the U.S. at a Trump golf course, right? I mean, that is, I mean, that's absurd. There's no quid pro quo. There's nothing. No, please. Stop with your conspiracy theories. Everything they do, they do it for you, meatloaf. You can enjoy the first tournament in June 9th in London. If you're in London, I haven't quite been able to figure out where to watch the tournament yet. I can't figure out where the broadcast deal is. I wonder, do they need the revenue from broadcast deals? Hmm. No. If a golf tournament is played and no one watches, does it actually get played? I guess people may have iPhone cameras. Maybe they'll live stream it on the Saudi Arabian channel that you see when you check into your hotel. Maybe that'll be it. Do you ever watch TV? and watch something on TV and get driven to act, right? The, the infomercials are the prime example. They were the first people who understood 
that there's a psychology that if you're up alone watching TV at two in the morning, the odds are you're lonely, you're having insomnia, and you're just itching for any sort of contact. And when you're told, hey, operators are standing by, you're saying to yourself, hell yeah, I'm going to call the operator and I'm going to buy this set of steak knives because my God, look at how you can slice that onion. It's incredible. Hi, are you calling for the onion slicer? No, I'm calling that 1-800 number. I thought that was for the set of sheets. Oh, you're funny. They giggle. It was, you're right. It's steak knives. We got one. You have two minutes to finish ordering. It's only $19.99. May I have your address, please? Oh, can we stay on the phone? And then someone said, I got a better business plan. (coughs) Sorry, Coke. I couldn't even get to the button fast enough. I got a better business plan. Forget the steak knives and the sheets and all these things that you can put in the kitchen. Let's put sex workers on the phone. Then we can charge like $6.99 a minute to those people who are lonely, like 976-B-A-B-E. So you're watching TV and you're drawn to something. And then infomercials became the sex shows. And then all of a sudden there's charity like telethons where you're watching TV and saying, ooh, I want to give money to that. Like I see Jerry's kids. I I don't want my kids to be like Jerry's kids, but I really would like no kids to be like Jerry's kids, so let me give some money to that. Oh, is there something we can watch? Let's really go for the emotions. When you go to charity events and they show a video, they are trying to get you to emote because every tier has a dollar sign attached to it. So you have all these videos, you bring out people when you go to it, cancer dinner right went to a cancer dinner for my sister after she died and they bring out people who had survived lung cancer with videos of it and everyone's crying and i'm angry because why did they get to survive and my sister doesn't which is a terrible way to feel when you're at a dinner it just makes your stomach queasy that you would even think that am i just actually saying that for on the show coca we may not want to put that in the show that's not nice of me but but it is what it is you know what screw it I was angry at that dinner, right? Those people lived. She didn't. Anyway, so that's it. You go for the emotion. So a couple days ago, there was a big show on Real Sports with Brian Gumble, the guy who puts his glasses on the end of his nose and has a clipboard in front of him. I appeared on that show twice. Thank you, Brian Gumble, for not wanting air conditioning where you were taping and me telling you there has to be air conditioning. And your producers say, no, he likes it hot. Well, great. I don't like it hot. You're not going to see me sweat. And they put the camera. There's literally a camera two inches in front of your face. And he's looking at his clipboard, which has drawings from his kids on it, trying to get you to say something bad. Anyway, he's got a show called Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, still on. And they did a whole show last week that everybody watched. Well, you can check the ratings. Not everybody, but plenty of people watched. And he got two Deshaun Watson accusers on camera to talk about in detail what happened. They talked about what he did with his penis. They talked about what they did with their hands. They talked about crying, how uncomfortable they were. They talked about the attorneys. It was a nightmare. It was disgusting to think that this $230 million man was doing this. But don't worry, he hasn't been charged criminally, which means, of course, he didn't do anything, which, of course, is ridiculous. It's not even good enough to be horse hockey. So meanwhile, there's a woman watching the show and she's saying, you know, I'm going to take action. I'm not going to call a 1-800 number. I'm not going to buy a, a set of pots and pans. 
I think I'm going to file a civil lawsuit against Deshaun Watson. And the reason I'm going to do it is that I hadn't planned on it before, but now that I see these women and their bravery, I'm going to step up and tell the world what happened to me because it's a lot like what happened to the first 22 girls, women, was doing a massage, and all of a sudden, before I knew it, it was a special massage. Not what I had in mind. Not what I agreed to. So she has filed suit. She watched Real Sports, called her lawyer, and said, I'm in. Which begs the question. Do you think that Roger Goodell and the National Football League, when they're doing their investigation, have spoken exhaustively to all of Deshaun Watson's masseuses? Because if you're interviewing Deshaun Watson, which of course the Department of Investigations claims to be doing for the NFL, which I told you was a bunch of crap because I told you what was going on during those meetings on a previous episode, you think the investigator says, hey, Deshaun, I'm going to need you to go through your calendar. Could you go to all the websites you go to? Go to your DMs. I'm just going to need a list of all of the people who have given you massages. I just want to do a little talking. I just want to see if there's anyone hiding in the tall grass. Because it would be super embarrassing if we render a judgment and suspend you for a little shuffle of games. And then all of a sudden, there's 20 more women. And then something gets reopened. And then we look like we have egg on our face. You think Roger Goodell did that? No chance, toilet pants. You think that Roger Goodell is trying to figure out, wow, we were so close with Deshaun. We were done. It was 22. We had our arms wrapped around it. Now we got to reopen the whole thing. You think Jimmy and Dee Haslam are speaking to their daughters right now. That's what I pictured. Mommy, we talked about it, and I thought it would be great to have Deshaun on the team, but now that there's a 23rd accuser, do we still have to have him? Sweetheart, please. She's lying. She's just trying to get paid. You know how many people have tried to extort daddy? That's just what happens when you're rich and famous. Okay, mommy, thank you. Hey, Jimmy, do we have a problem here? Oh, D, stop it. We knew exactly what we were doing. This guy's a top five quarterback. Go to your closet right now. Go to your jewelry drawer. Do you see anything but diamonds? Is there one ring there? from the National Football League. Think about how great it will be when we win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson and we stand with him hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy and we make a ring and then I'm gonna get you a pendant and we're gonna be able to pass it down to our kids and they're gonna have such pride all for generations to come in the Haslam family will get to say, we believe Deshaun Watson and we rode him right to a championship. Masseuses be damned. Is that how the conversation, do you think, goes in the Haslam household between Roger Goodell and his deputies when Jimmy and Roger are speaking under the cover of darkness? I find it hard to imagine in every possible way. I really do. I, I just do, right? They had no idea. Of course not. The investigation is going to continue, and now they've got to figure out what do we do. we got to wait for 24 it's sort of like the siblings and our father. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that. I read about that. I'm going to watch that and probably review it tomorrow. One of the audience told me to do that, Coca. It's this crazy story of a doctor who keeps having kids without the mother's knowing, which is quite the trick.
All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I watched a movie that came out on Amazon the other day, and I found it to be a fascinating movie that requires conversation. And then we have to talk about that tennis match because I'm not letting you leave this show without having perspective on Rafi Nadal and what he's doing. And it doesn't matter if you don't like tennis or you do. We are about to explain to you why you are witnessing what is the single most dominant act by any athlete in the history of sports. Hyperbole? Wait to see. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think there'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Hawaii, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you very much for rating, reviewing, following, subscribing, going to YouTube. By the way, I've got the, uh, this doesn't match totally. Shout out to Twillery. If you don't have Twillery stuff, it's not expensive and it's really awesome. Uh, why? By the way, I shouldn't say Twillery because they don't sponsor us, but maybe they will now. Hey, Twillery or Ash and Erie. Yes, I'm 5'5". Five five. I wonder if Twillery, they write their 38, just their 38 short just fits perfectly. Zero, zero. What's it called when a tailor does something, Coca? Oh my God. Coca. When a tailor has to hem something or um, take your sleeves in. There's a word for that. There's a verb for that. Oh my God, this can't be happening to me in the middle of a show. Coca is not even here. I miss you, Coca. He doesn't know the word because he's in a tank top right now and he's probably in his skivvies doing the show because we're still not in a studio and therefore he has no, hemmed, not hemmed, tailored. I don't think that's the word, but it could be. Okay. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. Okay. He would like me to tell you all. Why don't you just come on the show and say it? He just said, are you kidding me? A, what? A tailor tailors? No. A tailor doesn't tailor. That's strange. A tailor tailors. Is there any other word like a David Davids? A Coca Cokes? All right. Anyway, I'm wearing a Twillery blazer and a pink shirt. 
Nothing personal with David Sampson is a YouTube channel. Go check it out. So I watch a movie every day, and here's what I do after the show. After we record a show, Coca and I talk about the show for a few minutes. Coca tells me a story, tells me what I did wrong, tells me once in a while if something went right or once in a while if he enjoys a segment or something. But mostly it's what went wrong. And then I say, fine. And then I change, but I have shorts on so because we're not in a studio. So I take off the blazer and the shirt. I get it ready in case there's any sort of breaking news for the rest of the day. So I keep the IFB, which is my earpiece, connected to the blazer. I put it on the glove chair. I put on, if it's winter, a sweatshirt and sweatpants. If it's summer, a t-shirt. Go downstairs and go right to watch a movie to review for the next day. And I look at a list that I have on my phone of what the audience has suggested I watch, and then I look at the usual streaming suspects, and I figure out what I'm gonna watch, and then I watch it. Then when the movie's over, I start preparing the show for the next day. And then when I have no stories or nothing's in my head, I call Coca at about 3.10 p.m., and I say, Coca, I'm grumpy, I'm angry, I can't prepare the show, I have no stories for tomorrow, what am I gonna do, this is a nightmare. And he says, put your phone down and relax. It'll be fine. Fine. So a couple days ago, this was during the weekend actually, because even on weekends I'm watching a movie every day. There's a new movie called Emergency. And I wanted to talk about it. Emergency is about two black kids who are seen in school. And one is sort of the smart, nerdy one, and one is the party one. If you really want to stereotype, you would say like Steve Urkel was one, and one was more what you thought would be like a black Spicoli almost, right? Someone who didn't care as much about school, wanted to just party. And their plan was that they were going to go to all these parties and try to set a record for going to the most parties in one night. And it's this incredibly stupid premise, poorly acted, and I'm wondering what, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, I hung in there, which I do, which many people won't, but I'm begging you to, and it turns into a fascinating movie about race, about presumption of guilt, about the nightmares that I will never experience being white and privileged. Because these two black kids find a white girl passed out at a party and they are trying to help her and they realize that they can't just call 911 because they're afraid that they will be suspects. And you could say that it's such an ordinary topic. Of course, you call 911. The law, the legal system will take care of innocent people all the time. But our criminal justice system is littered with people who are not guilty, who are in prison, and most of them are people of color. That's not a political statement. That's a factual statement that you can find by looking at any statistics for any different state's Department of Corrections. So the second half of the movie shows what they go through trying to help this defenseless, drunk, drugged, white girl who they never touched, they never hurt, they were only trying to help. The girl's white friends, their character arc is, my God, you are bad people. Oh my God, you're not bad people? 
Could it be that we judged a book by its cover? When this movie got green lit, it's a good thing the studios read past page 42 of the script. Because most people don't get the benefit of that doubt. Most people's scripts get thrown away after page two. If you have a chance to watch Emergency, I'd like you to watch it with your teenagers, if you have any. Because the lesson contained in Emergency, while hidden beneath ridiculousness and slight hyperbole, slight doses of this can't be real, the lessons contained beneath are incredibly important. The movie is called Emergency. Check it out and I, tell me what you think at David P. Sampson on Twitter. So yesterday, I had been told that at 2.45 p.m., I'd be able to watch Nadal and Jokovic play in the quarterfinals of the French Open. I checked every streaming service. I could not find a way to watch it, so I'm following like the live tweeting of it. I guess I didn't have the right app or I didn't have the right whatever I didn't have. I, I can't believe it wasn't on regular TV or Hulu or somewhere, but it wasn't. It was an epic match between two of the top three all-time tennis players. You've got Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Jokovic. They have won. It's sort of like, what was it? Manning, Brady, and Roethlisberger had won every AFC championship, like with one exception. Like occasionally you had a quarterback like Flacco come in and win, get to a Super Bowl or something in the AFC over a period of dominance, right over those period of years. These three tennis players have just dominated tennis. And if you're not a tennis fan, it doesn't matter. Just don't take my word for it. Just Google Grand Slam winners. But Rafael Nadal has done something slightly different. He has won 13 French Opens. People say people who are highfalutin tennis people in their Wimbledon whites walking on the court saying, well, the French Open, that's clay. He's just good at clay. He doesn't win anything else. Well, true, he has eight other Grand Slams not on clay in France, which would put him toward the top of all-time Grand Slam leaders for getting the French Open. Then you add the 13 French Opens he's won, starting when he was 19, he's now 36 years old. And by the way, now he's got 21 Grand Slams. That's the most of all time, period. If he wins the French Open this year, it will be his 14th. I, I want to make sure that we're clear. Bill Russell won, what did he win, Coca? 11 titles with the Celtics over a span of maybe 14 years in a team sport? Find me another athlete in any sport, individual or team, who has dominated the way Nadal has. It doesn't exist because it's unprecedented. And I feel like I want to give him credit where he doesn't get enough. He's lost three matches on clay at Roland Garros in Paris. And I don't mean like in a year or two years or three years, although it only you have to play three to lose three, right? I guess that would make sense, don't you? Because if you lose once, you're out of the tournament. So you have to 
lose the tournament three years. That means that between 19 and 36, he's lost three and won 13. He's 13 and three in a tournament, not in matches. I was trying to put it in perspective. Is he better than Michael Jordan and LeBron James? Yes. Tiger Woods, not even close. Jack Nicholas, for sure. I could argue in golf, you're playing on the same terrain. It's grass and sand, and certain courses are harder than others, but no doubt about that. But generally, it's the same. Basketball courts, you're at home, you're on the road, you've got fans yelling at you, you don't have fans yelling at you. Tennis has grass, it has hard courts, it has clay. It's insanity to have a game, and it's a different game required for each. I was ready to argue, to not argue with Adnan Verk, who I think would tell you that Roger Federer is the greatest of all time. And, I was, and I've been in that camp for a while. But when I started thinking about Nadal and what he's doing again this year, I'm changing my mind. Nadal is the greatest tennis player who ever laced tennis shoes, who ever put a racket together. If you have a chance to watch the semis or the finals, try to watch it, though to me it's a fait accompli. Nadal is gonna, should, will win the tournament. His 14th French Open, he can't beat him. I just was completely impressed by that. I hope you were too. Congratulations, Rafi. Joe Girardi. Yikes, he's got a problem. Girardi has a problem. Can we all acknowledge that? We had the Giants over the Phillies yesterday, and you all were nervous, weren't you? You were nervous the Phillies were going to win a game at home against the Giants? Nah, the Phillies blew it in 11 innings. We're 66-50. and 50. The Giants beat them. The call for Joe Girardi's job, it's getting so loud because guess what happened yesterday? Almost impossible to believe one-third of the way into the season. Ready? If you live in Pennsylvania, the best team in your state is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oy vey. If I'm the owner of the Philadelphia Phillies and the Pittsburgh Pirates and Bob Nutting have a record better than we do at the third pole of the season, I'm going to Dave Dombrowski and saying, listen, see you later, Joseph. We'll see what happens. All right, what about tonight? We're going baseball again. Although, did we have the Avs scoring eight goals to beat whoever they played? I'm blanking. Did they beat Calgary last night? Coco, who did they beat in the conference finals? No, not the Blues. No, the Blues are out already. Is it really the Blues? Edmonton, thank you. <laughs> I just got you, Coca, on an NHL story. We're going to talk NHL at the end of this because that's my way to see. I'm just going to give it now because we're talking NHL. Why wouldn't we, right? I mean, I think we should. If you don't mind. All right, let's do it. So there was a hockey game last night. They're in the conference finals. The Rangers are playing the Lightning. The Rangers have home ice advantage, which is pretty cool. They're in the conference finals. You've got Edmonton playing the Avalanche. The Avalanche goaltender got hurt. 14 goals were scored. None of it matters because the Lightning are going to win the Stanley Cup again. 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 They're third in a row. How good is Tampa? The Rays, the Buccaneers, the Lightning. Tampa gets no credit. They're like Boston. They're like New England. It's insane. 
The jealousy that we have in Miami for Tampa is palpable. The jealousy in New York? Tampa? St. Petersburg? GMAB. Wait to see. The Tampa Bay Lightning will beat the Rangers in the conference finals and then are going to win the Stanley Cup back to back to back. That's not our pick tonight. I want to draw your attention to Justin Verlander, not because of any other reason other than the fact that he has returned from Tommy John and is pitching like a Cy Young Award winner this year. I'm one who thought that he was not coming back. I will admit it. He was 35, 36 years old. As far as I know, he doesn't do steroids because to pitch that well at that age, generally, you got to go the Clemens route. But it turns out he just went the natural talent Scherzer route, which is I can still be dominant, but better than Scherzer because he's not hurt now. Justin Verlander is pitching for the Astros against the A's. The Astros were in first place in their division over my pick of the division, the Mariners, who absolutely stink. And when you have a chance to take Verlander this year, you got to do it. I'm taking the Astros over the A's, the A's who are where they should be at the bottom of the standings, where they were expected to be. So you've got the top playing the bottom. And when you've got the top pitcher on the top team playing the bottom team, that's a bet you want to make. 66 and 50, we're putting it on the line for Justin Verlander. You, could, you got the wait and see, right? Lightning, three-peat. We'll revisit it, I promise you. Okay, I want to talk about a correction. And uh, I make mistakes, and then I correct them. Because you tell me, and I appreciate that you listen to the show. Yesterday, I was talking about the classical music station who was going through and playing old tapes from Adrian Krakauer yesterday. Guess what? John Krakauer wrote Into the Wild and Into Thin Air. Guess who was the DJ played by Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam? Adrian Kronauer. Not Krakauer. I got it wrong. Sorry to his family. All right. Hey, did you guys see that Derek Jeter joined Twitter? That was pretty good, right? So he's on Twitter. I think he got 26.2 million followers within the first 32 minutes. Everyone's all excited. Finally, he's on Twitter. And then it took like 30 minutes for us to realize why when he started promoting his new documentary that's coming out on ESPN. It made me laugh, right? You think that Derek Jeter... I know Derek Jeter. You think he wants to spend his time on his phone tweeting? Negative. You think he's going to be controlling his Twitter and Instagram? Negative. You think that the distributor of his documentary, which includes himself, of course, they had a meeting and said, hey, Derek, you know, the Marlins fired you. Not great. We have to rehabilitate just a little bit because it's been such a disaster. Keep in mind, the Marlins stink again this year. This was year five of your five-year plan. I mean, not going as badly as Steve Cohn's plan, which his three- to five-year plan is going great. They could actually win the World Series the way they said. You know, you can't blame Samson anymore, so what are you going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a documentary about my life and remind people that I'm the captain. Well, Derek, you're going to have to go on Twitter. And so he did. So if you want to follow him, you could. I can't imagine it'll be an interesting follow. But someone asked whether or not he would appear on Nothing Personal with me. And then someone asked whether he'd appear on the Levitard show with me and Levitard. And I just would like to point out, that's going to be a hard, no chance toilet pants. Derek Jeter's people 
who follow everything we do on Nothing Personal. They watch and listen to every show because they're so angry and upset over the deal and how badly it all worked out. There is no way that they're going to subject him to any sort of, I mean, listen, Billy Corbin's one thing, Ariel Helwani's one thing, but Derek Jeter, there's just, they're not going to do it, which disappoints me because Coca wanted to sit down because Coca wanted a gift basket. Well, Matthew, there's a much easier way to get a gift basket than having Jeter come on the show. I can promise you that. So when you lose a series or when your season ends, one of the things that we do is you have exit interviews. And I'm not talking about the media stuff. We meet with all the players, each player before they go home for the year. We talk about their off season, what conditioning we want them to do, what we want them to work on. We talk about whether or not we're going to see them during the off season, where they're going to be. We get a contact number. Believe me, not as easy as you think. You got to get the triple burner phone sometimes for players. It's sort of like the bat phone, we would call it. Listen, if we have to reach you like an emergency, where are you guaranteed to answer? And they're like, oh, that's a phone number no one has. Well, could we just have it for the off season and then you can get a new phone for the season so you know we won't bother you during the season? And they do, and we don't, but we could. Sometimes I want to. So we sit with the players, and then the media sits with the players. And the media talks about, hey, how did it go? Were you disappointed? Were you happy? Were you unhappy? How'd the team do? The Miami Heat lost yesterday, two days ago. Their season ended, a great season ending in the Eastern Conference, in a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals which is quite good. So that team's been to the finals two years ago, back to the Eastern Conference Finals this year with one star on their team, and that's it, Jimmy Butler. And somehow they just win games because of how well they're coached by Spolstra, how good Riley is at finding players. While he does make mistakes, Duncan Robinson, Hassan Whiteside, there's still many more successes for Pat Riley than failures. And one of the successes has been Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero won the Sixth Man of the Year Award. A sixth man in basketball is someone who doesn't start, but comes into the game with about eight minutes left in the first quarter. And they give that award because it's like being the top bench player. I think it should be called the Vinnie Johnson Award, the Microwave Award. It's someone who comes in and they're on fire. It's a critical job to come off the bench. But the most important thing in basketball is not who starts. The most important thing, if you ask any executive in the NBA, it's who finishes. Because starting a game is starting a game. Now, it's fun to start a game because you get announced by the crowd, by the PA announcer. The crowd cheers. You get your video on the Jumbotron. You get to jump up and do the 17 different handshakes and chest bump and fist bump and thigh bump. And then you're there for the opening tip-off. You get your name on the screen when they list the starters. I get it. And you get to say, I'm a starter. But do you know when Pat Riley decides on whether or not you're a max player, it's not relevant whether you're a starter? When teams decide if they want to sign you as a free agent, it's not relevant if you're a starter. It's relevant if you're a closer. But Tyler Hero could not resist. When asked about his role, having just one sixth man of, of the year award, he actually said to the media, when asked whether he wants to start, he said, yeah, for sure. I'd like to start. It's my fourth year. I think I've earned it. We'll see what happens. Hey, Tyler, it's Pat. Do us a favor. When you're asked questions like that, don't answer in that manner. Why don't you say that, wow, what really interests me is jewelry. 
And I have confidence in Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra to put us and our teammates and our fans in a position to have more parades on Kai Ocho. If that means coming off the bench, if that means playing center, if that means starting forward, if that means doing anything, including running the video room, that's what I'm going to do. Those are the players you want on your team. Tyler Hero, you had a chance to be a hero with that comment. Pat Riley will get through it, but I assure you he's going to give you a talking to. And then you'll look back at him and say, Pat, it's just business. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.